welcome to the Insolvency and Law podcast, providing specialist insolvency and debt-related advice for business owners and individuals. For more information on debt recovery, business restructuring, and personal and corporate insolvency, visit our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk, or call us now on 020 7504 1300. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to the Insolvency and Law podcast. This is yet another podcast episode formulated specifically for all the high street group investors. So as some of you may know, on the 16th of December 2021, high street group went into administration with their chosen administrators, who are Carrie-Anne James and Anthony Himes. And while this might not have been the ideal scenario for the outcome, all is certainly not lost, and our director, Peter Murray, is here once again to explain the next steps and what you can do going forward. Some of you may be joining us for the first time, so I would recommend listening to the previous two podcasts we recorded just to get up to speed on things. So, Peter, welcome back. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Well, how are you? Well, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Good. All is good. Thank you. Good. So we're mm. currently in the third week of January. And during the last few months of 2021, you were working tirelessly in preparation for the December 16th hearing, gathering lots of evidence, taking calls and emails from tens and hundreds of investors. So could we start off by just outlining what happened on the 16th of December hearing? Well, as you know, um, an application was made that the Ice Street Group should enter into administration because the Ice Street Group is insolvent and unable to pay its debts as of when they fall due. The I Street Group had put forward, initially they'd put forward Paul Davis and Carrie-Anne James as the proposed administrators. Of course, we objected, that's no secret, we objected to uh, the appointment of Paul Davis and Carrie-Anne James. You know, we said that, you know, they were unsuitable candidates. And so I should say, once we'd already put the evidence out there, uh, to substantiate why uh, Paul Davis and Carrie-Anne James were unsuitable candidates. Paul Davis was subsequently withdrawn from the nominations and was replaced by Anthony Himes. And Anthony Himes was put forward by the um, Castle Trust Group to protect the interests of the Castle Trust Group in the administration. And of course, uh, we had Insolvency practitioners who had nominated themselves, but they are from FRP, um, Advisory Service, and they are administrators of other high street group SPVs. And they thought it was only right that because they are administrators in the of other high street group SPVs, that they should also be the administrator for the high street group. Of course, we objected to that because we said that they were very severely conflicted. And uh, we had put forward our own proposed administrator, the name of Andrew Rossler. Of course, you will know that you know we were we would much rather see the, see the company in liquidation for, and I, you know, I've already explained the reasons why we were rooting for compulsory liquidation. But we did put forward Andrew Rossler as our proposed administrator for the. I Street Group administration. And, you know, Andrew Rossler would have been joined by either one of the other proposed 
IPs, be it Paul Davis, Carrie Ann James, Anthony Imes. But yeah, and the court heard from barristers from all the parties and the court made their decision. The decision was to um, appoint uh, Carrie Ann James and Anthony Himes as the administrators for High Street Group. And this is, you know, pretty much that the administrator for High Street Group, sorry, I should say the administrator for who representing the interest of Castle Group uh, said, you know, they had a very substantial interest in the administration. And so and that's why they should be appointed. Of course, at that time, we own, we had our interest in the administration. We had supporting creditors uh, to the value. Uh, we had uh, 110 or 120 supporting creditors with a total claim of just over £8 million, which um, just was not sufficient to win the day, frankly. Castle Trust Group, they claimed they had um, upwards £118 million pounds or £100 million pounds of uh, interest in the administration, so in the company, and that's why they should be one of the administrators. And Carrie Ann James, who've been working on the administration for some time, had the working knowledge and the ins and outs of the high street group, and the courts just you know, found that it would be more efficient to appoint Carrie Ann James and um, Anthony Himes as the administrators of the company. So we were disappointed, but, you know, that's the order of the court. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for the insolvency of High Street Group following the 16th of December court hearing? Well, now that the administrators are in office, they must now establish who the creditors are. Uh, They must now establish, you know, what assets the company does have. And they will, or they must now come up with a proposal how they intend to deal with the administration, i.e., and it's really namely how they intend to uh, call in the company's assets. Uh, assets uh, are known to the company and realize those assets um, for the benefit of the company's creditors. Uh, it's not going to be an easy task, it's going to be a very difficult one. But look, that is principally their function to um, call in the assets for the benefit of the company's creditors. And if they can't find assets, then they need to conduct some very in-depth and very serious investigations to find out where those assets have gone and then you know, put forth some challenges to call in those assets again to realise those assets for the benefit of creditors. So what should investor creditors themselves do now that High Street Group's in administration? What are the next steps for the investors? Well, the investor creditors, they really do need to come together as a single body of creditors. And that's if you say come together as a single body of creditors, then they have you know a greater chance of, of really having a voice in the administration process. And that's what creditors need to have at this point in time. They need to have a voice in the administration process. If they haven't got a voice in the administration process, obviously they won't be heard and the administrators will do as they like. So is it a case that the administrators make contact with the investors? So what will happen is once a company has entered into administration, 
the administrators, and, and in this case, the 16th of uh, December, the company was ordered into administration. So if you count eight weeks from the 16th of December, the administrators will have to circulate to all known creditors uh, their report on the administration and their proposals for how they intend to deal with the company in administration going forward. Now, that report and proposals is circulated to all known creditors. Creditors will then, you know, have an opportunity to accept the administrator's proposals as proposed, or creditors can or will have an opportunity to challenge the administrator's proposals or just really just question the administrator's proposals. And so call it eight weeks. So if we say so like 16th of January, it'd be so like month one, 16th of February, month two. So pretty much around mid-February, you know. Uh, creditors can expect to receive contact from the administrators. And, you know, uh, the administrators will, you know, they will have an opportunity to engage in the administration process. They will have an opportunity to vote accordingly. And at this time, we say to creditors, look, let's come together as a single body of creditors and require the administrators to actually do certain things within the administration, of course. And it's to do these certain things. It's really just to ensure that creditors have the best possible opportunity of actually getting some money back, if at all that is possible. Well, yeah, I mean, my next question was going to be, you know, the most important one, which I'm sure everybody's wondering. And that is, can investor creditors really expect to recover any money from the administration? Well, we really don't know. Prior to the administration, we know that Gary Forrest, the company's chairman was really championing the uh, recovery plan that's quite solid and robust and that recovery plan will return 100% to investors. You know, we don't believe that we challenged it. And we must now wait and see what the administrators have to say about this recovery plan. And if the administrators believe that this recovery plan is actually viable and can actually deliver anything to creditors, we will find out, you know, in the administrator's proposal. Um, But look, there is every possibility that creditors may not recover anything at all from this administration. And that's why it is very important that all creditors just get together and form a single body of creditors and shadow the administrators in their duties and just ensure that no stone is left unturned and just ensure that every opportunity to protect creditors' interests is exercised and every opportunity, in fact, to maximise a return to creditors is actually taken. And you know, that's the only way creditors can hope to get anything out of this administration. And you had a meeting with the administrators before the end of last year. Are they confident about getting money for the investor creditors or do they say they're confident, I should say? Well, yes, I had a meeting with the administrators uh, end of last year. They say, and I have no reason to disbelieve them, they do say that they do want to secure a recovery for the benefit of creditors. And, you know, they have a statutory duty to, in the way in which they, you know, deal with the administration. Um, 
And I dare say that they will go about their duties in a very diligent way, you know, but will there be a recovery for creditors? I don't know at this stage. Uh, if you just leave it to the administrators, if creditors don't get involved, if they don't engage and they leave it to the administrators alone, uh, will there be a satisfactory recovery to creditors? I very much doubt it. Um, creditors need to be a force. They need to come together and be a force. And obviously that force needs to be led and that needs to be directed. Uh, and to just, just to just shadow the administrators and just to ensure that, you know, that they are literally turning over every single uh, stone and doing everything that needs to be done in the administration that's going to be in the interest of creditors, not, not in the interest of Gary Forrest and his team, but in the interest of the company's creditors. And, you know, are there actually sufficient funds in the administration to, you know, investigate all lines of inquiry and take action that's, you know, in favour of the investor creditors and in their interests? Well, then, yeah, sorry, that's the great concern. There are no funds in the administration to date. As you know, and I'm sure creditors know, that there are so many investigations to undertake and it's going to be an enormous financial burden on the administration for those investigations to actually, you know, be undertaken. And that's the big concern. There isn't funds in the pot to fund these administrations, so to fund these investigations. I estimate that, you know, there, there needs to be literally hundreds of thousands of pounds, probably upwards of a million pounds needs to go into the administration to fund some very necessary investigations. And without the funds to fund those investigations, will those investigations take place? I doubt it. If those investigations are, you know, do not take place, can you expect to have any form of any sort of substantial recovery? I doubt it very much. And this is one of the reasons why I don't want to say I told you so, but this is one of the reasons why we were campaigning very hard and very robustly for a compulsory liquidation. Because had the company gone into compulsory liquidation, then of course, a lot of the investigatory work and the burden would fall on the um, official receiver, would fall on the insolvency service. But we no longer have that. And so the investigations you know, it's without funds and how much can the administrators investigate? How far can they go without the necessary funds to take them there? And that's a, That really is a real concern. It is, yeah. And I another question that's been popping up in relation to this is, you know, okay, how long is this going to last? How many years? How many months? I think that's a bit up in the air for people at the moment. Do you have a rough idea or, a, you know, an educated guess? It is possible that the administration could be over and done within the year. If there are no funds to carry out investigations, if there are certain there's not going to be a return to creditors, uh, then the administration could be over and done with, within a year. Again, you know, if there are funds, you know, um, to fund investigations, Etc. then the administration or the insolvency process can actually run on for a number of years. 
um, two, three, four, five, six years. It's even possible, even longer. Uh, and that's if the administrators are actively carrying out investigations and are actively uh, seeking to uh, recover funds, uh, recover assets back into the administration for the benefit of creditors. Because, you know, you know in to, do, to do that, the administrators you know, may have to commence litigation and litigation is very costly and it can take very long to conclude. And that's why, you know, the insolvency process can run on for years and years um, before investors get a single penny back as a return, if they're going to get a penny back at all. It can take very long, a number of years. Well, my next question was going to be, you know, realistically, is there a prospect of investors recovering, you know, over 50% of their capital? I doubt it very much. There's every likelihood that investors may recover nothing at all. But, it's, you know, but there is a prospect that, that they could recover something. And it is that prospect that we need to work on and to ensure that at least, you know, the investors do recover something from that, from the administration. But um, upwards 50%, I doubt it very much. So, you know, if there is going to be a prospect of recovering funds at all, you know, the fight isn't over yet. You know, what's the most important thing investor creditors should do next? What's the step that they as individuals should take next? Okay, so we say, right, investor creditors, there is a proof of debt form that they complete. For those investor creditors who have not given us a letter of authority to act on their behalf, um, I really do ask those investor creditors to seriously consider instructing us to act on their behalf. We know the insolvency regime. We know the insolvency process. We know what to expect. They really ought to leave it down to us to let us act on their behalf. We will be acting on behalf as a single body of creditors. Let's just come together as that single body and hold the administrators to account. Let's basically shadow what they do and seriously hold them to account. Ensure that they do what, what needs to be done to increase the prospect of a return if we are going to get a return. But look, if creditors go off in their separate ways, if they, if they go off in their separate ways, their voice alone means nothing. Their voice in a small group also means nothing. Creditors need to come together as a single body of creditors where their voice then becomes very substantial. And then we can then require the administrators to do certain things and to carry out certain actions and just to just satisfy ourselves that the administrators are actually you know, working damn hard in our interest for the benefit of the company's unsecured creditors. And uh, my final question, Peter, is how will you be communicating with investors and what's the best way for them to get in touch with insolvency in law? Best way for creditors to get in contact with us is by, you know, literally going to our website, uh, go to the High Street Group page. All updates will be on the High Street Group page. Uh, we will send email bulletins to creditors as and when. And of course, um, they can also send us an email. My name is Peter Murray, so you can email me at peter.murray, which is M-U-R-R-A-Y, at insolvency and, which is A-N-D, law, 
insolvencyandlaw.co.uk. So peter.murray at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or alternatively info at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk. Great. Thank you, Peter. That's all for today's episode. It's just a, a new year update and a roundup of what's happened since the 16th and what's going to happen next. As Peter said, do stay tuned for the bulletins. Do visit the website www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk. There is a dedicated group for all High Street Group investors. There's lots of information there. And thank you once again, Peter, for another informative podcast. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Insolvency and Law podcast. If you require additional guidance on any of the topics we covered today, visit the Resource Centre at our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or call us now on 020 7504 1300.